2: The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised.
3: The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery. And by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the Internet's only number two podcast. I am Joel Gaston with John Fraser, as usual, as, uh, what do you want to talk about? We got a, huh. We got a little bit to talk about this week after, uh, well, we admit, like, we know, in the off-season, our sort of recording schedule kind of slows down and becomes a little more sporadic. Uh, we generally try random, to hit, actually yeah, we generally try to hit every two weeks or so, or whenever something worthy happens, but, um. Uh, No guarantees ever on that from us, so no promises, but we will certainly do our best. Um, We had planned to originally talk kind of a week or a few days after the Grey Cup, and for various reasons, it kept getting pushed back, and eventually I was like, you know what, the writers said they were going to hire a coach by the end of November, so let's just wait for that to happen, and then we'll talk again. And
2: nobody needs 20 straight minutes of me yelling.
3: No, I mean, John definitely needed a um, a cool-down period.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I, I was actually,
2: for the record, I was actually more pissed off about the way we uh, we lost on a complete miracle shot in a men's bond spiel the night before. <laughs> I am still more upset by that than I am uh, uh, the Grey Cup loss. Because... I love that I made a
3: run back the next night and you had flashbacks. Like now, oh, yeah. The PTSD window. dog is exactly what I texted.
2: <laughs> and it got even worse when you go to Curling Zone's YouTube page. So if you go to YouTube yeah. Curling Zone, there's literally it's got its own clip. Like it was this good that if you go to Curling Zone on YouTube, the shot we lost on was like... I mean, it's a great shot,
3: but it's what happened around it it that makes it ridiculous.
2: (laughs) Oh, it's just chaos. It was like, if I'm going to go out, I guess we're going out of that. So, uh, yes, any recordings after that just would have been me yelling at the top of my lungs for 20 minutes, and uh, nobody needs that.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, So we will, of course, talk about the Riders hiring uh, Toronto Argonauts defensive coordinator, Corey Mace. Uh, So we'll share our thoughts on that hiring and sort of the vibe we're getting from him so far. Uh, We're going to talk about the guys they didn't hire, specifically Buck Pierce and Scott Milanovich. And um, we got a little bit of I told you so to come from uh, the Grey Cup still won't spend too much time on it. But there's there's a few things I think we should still touch on from that. You just want to hear me yell for like three or four minutes. Mm hmm. That's basically, fair. I just need a good way to end the close, and generally you come up with something golden in those moments, and then I can stop recording. That's fair. It's kind of like hard. how you that's... were the king of transitions. Yeah, that's pretty pretty much what it comes down to. Um, <laughs> no real way to transition to this. Uh, basically, right now, the co-host of this program, John Fraser, is uh, slacking tremendously. As, <laughs> oh, as yeah, we record yeah. this show, his other gig, his winter gig, as he calls it, is currently transpiring as the Saskatchewan Rush are opening their uh, season. But he's apparently opted to record this with me instead. So needless to say, uh, the headlines can now be written that John Fraser, color analyst, and various other things for the Saskatchewan Rush, has given up on the season. Clearly. That's (laughs) it. After
2: one half, it has given up. No, I figured when you said that we were going (laughs) to record, I'm like, okay, cool, I can watch the first half. And then, you know, Joel and I can talk football basically through halftime. I'll catch up on PVR. But then... Something happened and I feel like us deciding to record tonight may have cursed the Saskatchewan rush. Hmm. And as I'm listening to Cody Jansen on the new pregame show, which is actually on 92.9 The Bowl, and Cody, like, one-man show, which is, like, it's like so silky smooth. That, that man is unbelievably talented. So listen to my boy, Janner. Uh, and on the pregame show, he happens to just drop in the little bit of information that, oh, yeah, sounds like the team's got food poisoning. And everybody's kind of got the poops, which is why everybody's kind of a step slow with not playing that well in their season opener as they are down big. to Halifax series we record at halftime. So uh, I'm like, well, we are a podcast that enjoys uh, good poop. (laughs) Uh, We're also a podcast that has been through and had to discuss our own team's poop game, if you will. So I think it's quite fitting that on the opening night of the NLL season, as I am sitting here uh, kind of watching the game with one eye still, As I've clearly given up on the season, there's the spicy NLL takes that I'm sure some would come to. Um, Instead, I'm talking about the fact that, uh, yeah, the Rush are literally pooping their pants right now. Yeah.
3: I mean, we don't know for sure how this happened, but one can assume some lettuce may have been involved.
2: Uh, You know what? I think... um... I'm I'm just going to I haven't got any details from Janner. Uh, Normally, I can tell you from being on the road with these guys that a lot of times that they don't eat all together. It's not like there's a catered meal. These guys get a per diem and are told to go someplace. So uh, it is plausible that they all could have got the lettuce at various stages of the day. Hence the disappointing start for the Saskatchewan rush. I also feel like I'm like breaking rush news on our podcast here. Because I don't like – because if you're not listening to – The jazz... three-down
3: green cast, learn more about curling in the Saskatchewan Rough than you will the Saskatchewan Rough Riders.
2: <laughs> yeah, we haven't even talked a little bit of football, but we have talked about the Saskatchewan curling tour and the Saskatchewan Rush. So uh,
3: yeah. that's that, – that's only for us. only a couple of months away from the 8 down Nation episode or so. We are. <laughs> we are. Which, again, like, with the
2: Briar being down in Regina, I feel yeah. like, you know, it's going to be an extra – extra little bit uh, good because i uh, well i know i certainly won't be there as a player so now i can focus on coming down hanging out with you and drinking not that that was ever a realistic possibility but
3: you only yeah. had to beat mike once
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> actually the way it would have worked because we would have definitely been the lowest seed yeah um i think we would have had to beat mike twice okay So I think there's no way we could have avoided see just just seeing him the one time. So, uh,
3: but uh, fair enough.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it will not be us beating Mike McEwen once. Uh, I will say dark horse, um, Hilltops legend, uh, and Regina Rams former kicker Ryan Clyder. I would call him a dark horse coming into this provincials too. If I could. Oh wait, I can't wager money on that now. Huh? That's right. I can't wager money on the NLL. Uh, The (laughs) CFL is a bit of a gray area. But I can wager on Saskatchewan men's curling, which I figured out you could do last year. I forget. One site had it.
3: Wow. It yeah. must be the one legal one in this province, shouldn't it? You'd think?
2: No, I think no? it was... Oh. I don't think it was uh, Play It wasn't Play now. now? No? Okay. It was like Cool Bet or something, but I definitely... Oh, that would was... make
3: sense. They're, they're on
2: a lot of the curling ones, aren't they? R- right. Yeah, I yeah. actually... It's the only things that I've ever consistently won in sports betting. Makes sense. Because all, all I did <laughs> no was... No one's like,
3: going to okay. know how to set the lines on those things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that was part of it, too. And the other part of it was like, all I did was like, okay, did we play, play these guys close or do they blow our doors off while we played them? And that's just simply how I how I made my picks and uh, actually won some money, which I then proceeded to blow in a drunken rage.
3: Yeah. The, uh, old,
2: the old, like, throw $40 down uh, on, like, a 12-team mm-hmm. parlay, and if it hits, all of a sudden I don't have to work again. But, fuck, here I am. I got three jobs, hardest working candy in town.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story that I read this week that we feel like we need to touch on uh, which
2: also ties into the poop
3: yes and looking for another job perhaps um, <laughs> this comes out of Ohio surprisingly so for once it's not a Florida man um, the headline from the Huffington Post reads Ohio attorney suspended after pooping in Pringles can throwing it from his car that itself <laughs> alone was enough to get me to click this article uh, but it gets better So, uh, the guy Jack Blakeslee, I believe I'm saying that, right? Uh, Are we sure this isn't Jack Black? Because
2: Blakeslee sound like it could be, like, this could be a Jack Black thing with a poop and a Pringles can. Like, and pause for a moment before we get into the story. Mm. The accuracy. Yes. Like, I,
3: I... Like, Pringles cans are pretty narrow. Like, you can't, like, I can't get my hand in there.
2: No, neither can I. And I have, like, comically small hands. (laughs) Like, I have not met somebody with, like, it's rare I've ever met smaller, like, there are... And, I, and this is not me being, people can paint it what it is. Women genetically have smaller hands than men. Uh, there's a lot of women I've worked with that I've had much smaller hands than. So uh, if I can't get my hand in a Pringles can, I don't know how you could accurately mm-hmm. take a deuce in your Pringles can. Yeah,
3: so I mean, like, I'm not even mad that this happened. Uh, but it, it is, it's It's. It's. still shouldn't have done it, like, not condoning it, especially some of the details. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, he was suspended one year with six months basically for already being time served I guess apparently uh, for the the gross act that they the uh, the Ohio Supreme Court said affects reflective adversely reflects on his fitness to practice law um so apparently yeah, he pooped in the Pringles can flinging it into the parking lot and this is the kind of the dirty part um of a Crime Victim Advocacy Center in Cambridge, Ohio, November 2021. So that's, if you're going to do that as a lawyer, maybe the one spot to not do that. Well, well, and I was thinking, like, for a minute, and because, Mm.
2: you know, peel back the curtain, you've told me the story, so I know how this finishes, but I will say for a moment, I was like, well, maybe the dude was just like, you're stuck in a traffic jam, you drop a grumper into your Pringles can that you happen to have from last night when you are having some snacky poos in your car. Uh, and you just happen to throw it out there. But no, this gets worse. It somehow gets worse.
3: Yes, the code noted there was clear and convincing evidence that he targeted the Haven of Hope Center, which employed people whom he admitted he'd known for years and whom was probably going to see in court just minutes after tossing the Pringles can into the center's parking lot. Uh, surveillance video shows him driving by the parking lot, slowing down, turning around, and passing it a second time. Uh, that's when he... Uh, flings his shit into the parking lot. A <laughs> uh, witness saw him throw the can and discover the contents, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he pled guilty. He was fined the whole thing, disciplinary hearing. Um, so rather than he claimed, a, so rather he, so there was some who thought he intentionally did this, which seems very likely. Right, right. You um, intentionally
2: do it. You, you, you've done it once. That's your thing. Yeah. Hey, F you guys. I'll see you in court kind of thing,
3: right? Uh, rather he claimed he apparently has a habit Of shitting in containers and randomly tossing them from his car as a, quote, prank. Uh, He estimated that he did this at least ten times, according to the Cincinnati Inquirer.
2: You know the worst part of this now? It went from, like, okay, understandable, to, hey, that's kind of shitty, to, that's a sex thing, isn't it?
3: Uh, He said it was a way, the prank is a way to blow off steam. And enjoyed imagining the look of surprise on people's faces when they discovered his creations. Oh, it's 100% a sex thing. Mm -hmm.
2: Like, I'm not here to kink shame. That one's a little out
1: there.
2: Mm. uh, Okay, I got the gibberlies now. I forgot about that part. (laughs) You just told me. And I was sipping on our delicious, deliciousness from our friends at Lucky Bastard. And uh, I had forgotten about the last part and how that the the last part is the part that gave me the ick.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, props to the man for being able to poop into a Pringles can. First of all. Yeah. 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 First of all. Yeah. Like, that's that's hella impressive. I'm never going to be mad about that. Um, Nope. I. I don't know if I could pull that off, especially not in a bathroom situation. Like if nope. you sat me down in the bathroom with this, I could probably figure it out. But in my car, like unless he's just carrying these things around with him, like I don't know.
2: Like... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's still. Is he is he preparing them at home, and then then your car is going to smell like? I mean, it
3: was November. It might have been cold enough that it stayed hard enough. Just, I don't know. It's
2: all. It's also Georgia, where once I was called crazy.
3: Ohio, sorry, sorry, same sorry. kind of idea, but more northern. Right, right, right. But still, like,
2: been decently warm this year. And could you imagine you Well, this is
3: 21, so I don't know what the weather was like in Ohio in November of 2021.
2: So, uh, um, Do you remember any college football games from then? Because I feel like that would be your
3: connection. No, I, I barely remember football games from, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing. I, everyone I, talks I, about... Everyone has these great memories of, like, remembering all these football games, especially over the course of the year and all these moments that happened in the season. Like, oh, yeah, I remember. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no
2: and, and, and the stupid thing is, is is as a color analyst um i get caught up with the team i work for mm-hmm. sometimes everybody's like yeah remember that crazy moment i'm like ah, yeah sure do and then i go back on huddle and watch and i'm like oh yeah i yeah. didn't say that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's most that's mostly it is when people remind me of stupid things i've said that they found mm-hmm. somewhat amusing um which never. is beca- me no that's no, not my shtick at all that's not the thing that keeps me gainfully employed. Though um, so
3: you have, you are, you were kind of right about something, and we will get into that in a little oh bit. God, I know. Along bit. with the writer's hiring of Corey Mace and much more. But for before we get into all that, as usual, John for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, what is in the glass this week?
2: Well, after destroying every Pile of Bones White IPA I had with me for said terrible football game um, of the Grey Cup. Uh, those are all gone but I did uh, this this month our bottle of the month from our friends at Lucky Bastard uh, mm-hmm. Bryce contacts us and he always says hey what do you guys want and I said Kate dealer's choice it's on you Um, and then he picked out the sour cherry liqueur and it might be the best alcoholic thing that's ever touched my lips like it's a tiny little bottle I know it's a limited run I'm sure you can only get it at the distillery but holy shit it was like the kind I opened it up and I took like a, like a sip of it and I'm like no, this is special occasion stuff. Mm. And the best part was, no more than about an hour later, my sister phones me and she's like, I just got engaged. Congrats, Leah and Josh. And I'm like, yeah, let's get into it. So I have actually <laughs> taken it out again for this podcast just because it is so good. Mm. Like, you know, if booze lives around my house. Yeah. It's either so terrible, it's undrinkable, or it's so good, I have to save it. And yeah. this is... So good, I have to save it because everything else kind of just ends up in my belly.
3: Hmm, Fair enough. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I, you see online, especially in like the beer lovers group of like people bringing out these beers that they've saved for months or happen to find in the back of their fridge. And I'm like, how? (laughs) How do you not drink these? Like, some of the like nice aging beers I get, but when they find something that's like, oh yeah, I found this like stout in the back of my fridge from like eight months ago, I'm like, how did
2: you not drink that?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I lack, I lack the self discipline. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, uh, I had a plan. I was originally going to drink the peanut butter chocolate stout from Rebellion. Right. Um, but then we ordered in supper tonight. And I had initially ordered a large fries for Jenny and I to share. Mm. But then I had to hand off my phone to her to finish her what she wanted to order. Because when I, because uh, Cadence had a massive poop that I had to deal with. speaking on trend apparently weird Um, is a
2: poopy episode tonight so i
3: left the room and dealt with that for a few minutes and came back and then i looked at the order i'm like oh you ordered fries too cool um because it was like it was not it was like not fast food but like kind of fast casual so kind of a step up where you get like you pick like an ice burger and like a decent side of fries um so that's what that basic was um so i thought we were going to split the one large uh we did not she had a small, I had a large. I ate way too much for supper. Um, so I was like, okay, we are going to keep this light then. There was one pile of bone spud light left in my fridge. Oh, so yes. that, yes. Is, that is that is working far greater right now.
2: Uh, yeah, that's why, like, when, again, mm-hmm. we've discussed the sneezes here on this podcast, that's why I got to go straight to the liquor uh, when it, when I get anywhere close. And I didn't even, like, I even, like, I cooked tonight, I had yeah. it all planned out, I'm like, my stomach's going to be empty by, like, seven, and then I realized I have no beer, and instead I uh, cracked open the very, very, very good stuff, which I guess means we can celebrate the start of the NLL season? That's a special, let's go with that
3: sure. for a special occasion. Sure, why not? Uh, just a yeah. couple, couple of notes from our sponsors before we get going right now. Uh, across most of the province right now, Lucky Bastard, you can find the vodka and the uh, vanilla espresso vodka on sale. Uh, the little LTO going on there. And uh, the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, Community Lager, is back, at least in Regina, for another year. Uh, all proceeds there head to the Regina Food Bank. Delicious times, too. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say it's delicious times for the Saskatchewan <laughs> Re- riders. <laughs> I don't know. That was, I that mean, Corey a Mace word. has won me over already. I'm not yes. gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, and there's no question about it. Yes, and like, like you and I, get, I can pull back his skirt a little bit, and you can, you can, you can back this up. We started having the yep. conversation a few days ago, before the like before it was official. When it was down, it was clearly down to Corey Mace, and Buck Pierce, and I had the thought brewing in my mind, and it was growing. I'm like, to be clear, number one, I said it on my piece in Three O Nation. There wasn't a wrong choice here. Yes, hundred percent. And I didn't really write this part in the article specifically. Like, I kind of made reference to the general idea. But to me, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but Buck Pierce was giving very strong, good coordinator, don't know if he's a good head coach vibes. But Corey Mace was clearly again and again and again giving off the vibes, showing you, and the more you read about him, the more you learned about him, that this guy, while very good at coaching defensive football, is a lot more than just that. And I think it yes. became pretty clear, especially if you head to 3downnation.com. Our boy Justin Dunk uh, had the piece on Thursday night that came out that was sort of detailing the way this sort of broke down in the last few days. It's an incredible piece of like finding out all the backroom, in- backroom information. and This is the stuff that JD does incredibly well and he kind of lays it all out basically in a chronological order of how they went from Scott Milanovich to Buck Pierce to Corey Mace and how they landed here. And Today at his press conference, Corey Mace admitted that basically, yeah, this is what happened. <laughs> not not that we ever dunked, not that anyone should ever doubt dunk. Remember, he's always right. Um, but the the headline is basically, I want this fucking job. And you got the vibe right, right away yeah. that this was a man who's not just you know, he's not just a defensive line coach, he's not just a defensive coordinator. This guy is a football coach.
2: Yes. And 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 the big thing too is and back to the Buck Pierce thing. And I know people in Winnipeg that know Buck personally, right? Buck has basically made his home in Winnipeg since being traded there uh, all those years ago when he was still playing quarterback, and he's hung around, right? Um, everything I hear is uh, Buck is a very nice, great human being, great football coach, all that kind of good stuff. But he's he's more akin to Craig Dickinson in the stoic kind of leader um whereas Corey mace is the guy that's going to make you get up and run through a fucking wall like that is so evident already between what dunk drop with the i want this fucking job and then did you see uh the cfl tweeted it out um the raw emotion on that guy they mm-hmm. he, they've got this great clip go to the cfl's twitter feed i think
3: that i think it was initially like a rider video yes it's kind of been shared around of him walking out onto the field yeah
2: Yeah. And like, you can tell, like, this is like, it's, and again, it's dark out here in Saskatchewan at 6 PM, but they've, you know, turned some of the lights on. He's walking out to a dark field mosaic stadium. And the look on that man's face is he's ready for this. Right. This isn't last year when you couldn't where you basically had to beg somebody to become your offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular
1: price. Ba da ba ba ba.
2: This is, you know, one of the sharpest minds of the CFL, and I think he's the change of direction that that room needs. From, I think Buck would have been too similar to Craig.
3: Yeah, and I, I think I think what's important is it's it's a good like it's a three it's a hundred eighty degree turn from what Craig Dickinson was without going to, like, the full, you know, Chris Jones, you know, light this world on fire, hell-raising kind of guy to this guy still has, I think, that player's coach side to him. Yeah. But has that, like, football, you know, mentality that is still very much a part of coaching the game without being too... Meanly aggressive, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. I don't know. <laughs>
2: well, he's he's a motivator, not an asshole. Yeah. Right. You're not, you're, you're not hiring gonna... like
3: Mike Keenan or Brent Sutter no. or
2: one of those guys. No, exactly. You're, you're, or, or even, yeah, Chris Jones is a great example of that. You're not going to fear him. You're going to fear disappointing him. Mm. Like I've played for coaches like Corey Mace where when you make a mistake, you don't feel shitty because you're going to get yelled at. You feel bad because you're letting down your leader. You're letting down your guy that puts his faith and puts his trust in you. And you honestly believe, honestly believes in you. Yeah. And that strikes me as Corey Mace and everything you read and everything you see, uh, that seems to be the guy. I know we were advocates of going for an offensive coach, but like, let's face it. The, the, you know, the other part of uh-huh. this is we they basically just pulled off a two for one with this, too. Yeah,
3: like, all the reports, it hasn't been confirmed by the team yet, but all the reports from Justin Dunk and Dave Naylor and Farhan Lalji was that it sounds like Mark Mueller is going to come be his offensive coordinator. Which is amazing. I hope it is. I hope the guy has a little more imagination into him than what Calgary let him do last year. Because by all accounts, he was generally the play caller. So we'll see if that was sort of a personnel issue or whatever that cause may be there. And I know coaches don't always necessarily necessarily agree with everything within their system because at the end of the day, it's still what Dave Dickinson wants over there for obvious reasons. So he's just calling what they wanted. We will see. We will talk about that further at another time once that's becomes more clear, but I think it's just, it's just painfully obvious. The more you listen to this morning, like he was on the podium today on Friday saying all the right things, saying everything you expected to hear. Um, but I think that there was left no doubt. Like, I'm glad Jeremy O'Day says that they interviewed 12 different people in various capacities. Obviously, only a few of them really got, like, the second, third, like, the really right. serious interview scenarios. Right. Um, but I'm glad he, you know, he went through, you overturned every rock, and even, like, up until the last moment, he still had Buck Pierce come in and check it out and see, you know, okay, maybe this is still the right move at the end of the day. Who knows? But it was obvious that it was, it was hard to overlook... The intangibles of Corey Mace, the motivating factor, and just the complete buy-in that you were getting from him because even Craig Dickinson was not a guy that was here year-round. I don't necessarily think a coach, you know, none of the assistants need to live here year-round. We've been through this with Craig Dickinson when during the Corey Chamberlain era. All yeah. of that is complete trash. That doesn't matter. You can probably get away generally with a head coach not being here a ton during the offseason. season But if what Jeremy O'Day wanted was the guy who was going to be here and live this city and this province day in, day out. So that's what he got because Corey Mace was the guy who said, yeah, let's go. I'm here. And, you know, he's in this battle on every single sense of the word. He's not, you know, he's just not here to coach and go home like basically Scott Milanovic was. The story, according to Dunk, was Scott Milanovic wanted to be in Florida and, quote, come up to kick-ass coaching for the season. So okay <laughs> so so th-
2: so there's where Milanovic went from basically being a guy with a signed contract in a in an upper drawer in in Jeremy O'Day's office to not being really in the final two and I think that was part of it too if you look at um Paul Friesen of the Winnipeg Sun had an article about Buck Pierce uh, already like obviously when it was like Corey Mace was announced the the Buck Pierce article came out yeah. uh that Buck's got a couple school-age kids again like I said he's lived and made his home in Winnipeg his wife's from Winnipeg so you know asking Buck to uproot his entire family with his kids at a certain age, you know, that's, that's a tough ask, right? So,
0: yeah,
3: no, but basically, I, I get it entirely. Like yeah. from the vibe I get from, at least from Dunk's article and things is, you know, it was obvious where Corey may sat and it's obvious the, to the degree, in which he wanted this. They think it feels like, and I could be wrong. The writers were trying to draw at least some of that energy out of appears to see if they could get it to really make this a contest. And it didn't really come to fruition. And that's okay. Like, I wouldn't want Buck Pierce to go into this interview and not be himself and then be over the top, say kind of the same things Corey Mace would, just to get the job and be a completely different person.
1: You wouldn't want that
3: to happen. So he should go in there. He should be in himself. And if that's not what Jeremy O'Day is looking for, then that's fine. And, you know, he's in a good spot. He may be getting a little bit of extra attention because of a very good situation he landed in when he took over for that job from Paul Lappelis. But regardless, you know, I I have no qualms with Buck Pierce's approach. It just wasn't exactly what Jeremy O'Day was looking for. And that's okay for Jeremy O'Day, and that's okay for Buck Pierce as well.
2: Well, and the thing is, too, is Corey Mace genuinely seems like he wants to be a community guy. And, yes. you know, talk about his commitment to the city. When was the last time you ever saw a guy's wife at his uh, opening um, as introductory press conference? Like,
3: <sighs> yeah, I don't know.
2: Right. Like, Corey Mace's wife was anyway. there. no, exactly. That that to me is the ultimate sign of the buy in. Like if your spouse yeah. is right there, you know, to support you like this guy's bought in. Um obviously comes with all the great football acumen. He seems like a, you know, a leader of men, a motivator of people. And to me, the more I hear about it, you know, if you would have told me Corey Mace at the beginning of this process, I probably would have went, eh.
3: Yeah, because I, mean, I was hearing
2: he was with about you. him, hearing his comments.
3: Yep. I was with you. Like We were all kind yep. of in general agreement. It's like, okay, they should focus on offense. And while I still generally right. agree with that, there are always exceptions. And the exception is finding a guy who transcends sort of what side of the ball he comes from. Because yes, there are, then like, you know, it gives me a little bit of Corey Chamberlain vibe, sort of without the ego that we later found, I don't think. Yes. Um, in the fact that I don't think Corey Chamberlain was necessarily an outstanding defensive coordinator, but you picked up on why this guy was going to be a good head coach pretty quickly. Yes. And I kind of, no, that- and like, I think Corey Mace is a better defensive coordinator than Corey Chamberlain was. But you get sort of the same vibes that I think he could be an even better head coach where he's not necessarily, you know, just worrying about a few details every day.
2: Yes. Yes. Like I said, he he strikes me as a leader. The buy-in seems to be there. And uh, I, I think as much doom and gloom as there has been around this team and the way the season ended and everything like Corey Mace seems to me like the kind of guy that's not going to let the 18 wheeler fly off the cliff for a third year in a row. Heavens no. Like, no. He's he's going to drag you there, and he knows tough football. He knows how to practice. He knows, like, all these great things, and I'm interested to see what his staff looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're typically not going to see a young new guy come in with a bunch of, you know, rehash names, so I think we're going to see some new things in Ryderville, some new ideas, and I think it's going to be real good for next season.
3: Yeah, and ultimately that's that's what impressed me most at the end of the day with Jeremy O'Day's decision here. Mm-hmm. Um. It would have been easy for him to succumb to all of Scott Milanovich's demands. Yes. And no one, frankly, would have blamed him because his ass is on the line with his hiring. Right. So it could have been, I'm going to go with that guy because I know what he's about. And we're going to at least be success. We're going to be a certain degree successful with him no matter what. And that's fine. Yep. Um, but the rest of the league knows that Scott Milanovic is, is about too. Yes. So there is a certain ceiling that can be found with that. With a guy like Corey Mace, okay, the league knows about him as a defensive coordinator. The league knows of him as a defensive line coach. The league knows of him as a player. They don't necessarily know what his overarching thought of how he is going to run a football team is. And, yeah, hiring coordinators always comes with risk, no question about it. Everything we've said today could be entirely true, and this thing could still fall flat in its face. 100% it could. Like, the excitement about who this man is and what he potentially could be has nothing to do with whether they actually win football games on the field.
2: Look look at Devon Claybrooks in BC. Yeah,
3: it does not matter, you know, how good of a fit it feels, all that sort of stuff. Every single coach in hiring, quite frankly, no one has a damn clue how it's actually going to go. Right. Until it actually happens. And that was the same whether it was Scott Milanovic, whether it was Buck Pierce, whether it was Henry Burris, whether it was whoever. That's where it would have eventually... That. It was all possible every single way. So that's why I've kind of gone away from fully believing whether a hiring is good or not based on success. I think the process of the hiring matters. And then from there, what will happen is what will happen because that's pretty much all you can control. And when it comes to the process of hiring this head coach, I'm very impressed with Jeremy O'Day because number one, he didn't take the safe choice. He didn't go off the scrap heap. A lot of things that CFL fans love to talk about is there's a lot of coach recycling in this league. He didn't do that. He gave a new guy a chance, and I hope for his sake it pays off.
2: New guy a chance with his own ass on the line. You said it best. You wrote it best that, uh, yeah, the odds of, let's face it, Jeremy O'Day hires Milanovic. They probably, worst case, they're a 500-football team next year, and Jeremy O'Day probably gets to stick around no matter what. But yeah. You know, and, and again, we, we I mean, La Police is, uh, you know, everybody thought he was going to be a great coach. Turned out, you know, yes, he got Winnipeg to a great cup, but hasn't done anything since then. Right. Mm. We thought Devon Claybrooks was going to be a great coach and he hasn't gotten a sniff since his one season in B.C. So as you said, it could still very much fall flat on its face. But to me, after last season. And even let's face it, the Craig Dickinson hire always felt like, uh, does he really want to be here? Does he really want to do this
3: job? Well, I mean, they were they were kind of backed into that corner with the way things ended with Chris Jones. Oh, 100 percent. And then they had those that successful year, that successful year and a kind of good second year. And we're just kind of both sides were just kind of stuck with it for the time being.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. And and, and that's I don't feel like for the first time, like I don't feel like Chris Jones wanted to be here. Like, I think it's the first time since you said it, Corey Chamberlain, that you have a coach that wanted to be here. Chris Jones was always looking for the next best thing. Chris Jones lived in a
3: hotel when he lived here.
2: Exactly. Um, Yeah, lived in a hotel, didn't really go out in public, wasn't really his thing, was constantly looking for the next best thing, found it in the NFL and and left, right? Craig Dickinson didn't really seem like he wanted to be the head coach and never at at any point in his career – seem to have head coach aspirations and just kind of yeah you know I'm here I'm doing the job and yeah maybe we should go bowling I don't know like uh it just like it seems to me for the first time since Chamberlain was hired Hmm. that we have a guy that's like yeah I want to be here I want to make things better and I give a shit about Regina I give a shit about the fan base I give a shit about the legacy and I give a shit about the players Hmm. um and already like he's already putting his stamp on this team coming out and saying yeah Trevor Harris is gonna be the guy I believe Trevor Harris can win this league like Great, fantastic! Like, <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that. Like, yep. I'm I'm okay with on day one going. Yeah, we've got an experienced CFL quarterback that you know went through some injury problems last year. But hey, we can win with him, right? Like, and even and even if that's out of necessity, because it's not like unless you're going to take a gamble on Drew Brown when Winnipeg dies on the hill of Zach Calaris and his rotting corpse. Don't get me started quite yet.
0: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> uh, but. I mean, there's no other options out there, but imagine being Trevor Harris. You got a new coach coming in. You're not sure, okay, what's the vibe? I'm sure they've had a conversation or two, but here in your first press conference being like, yep, yeah, he's my guy. We can win with him.
3: Yeah. And I, and yeah, and I think it's some of that other stuff you talked about, like moving here is important, but everything based on his history suggests that, you know, Corey Mace is not just here to do the job. He's here to immerse himself in the community. And ultimately at the end of the day, winning football games is what's going to matter most, but his legacy and sort of the way the vibe and all of this works together is we may actually, for the first time, I think in my tenure here, because I don't even think Corey Chamberlain did it much. We may actually see like a head coach out in the community. Yes. And that is massive for this organization that has been struggling a lot of ways to reconnect with its fan base and with the province as a whole for a number of years in with a number of different people. And I think that is something huge. I mean, they already had a season ticket holder event on Friday where season ticket holders got to RSVP to go meet him. That is Which is pretty dang cool.
2: Like like I I know I compliment, you know, the Rush organization that I work for and the amount of cool things that they do. And uh, I I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, that's that's cool because your season ticket holders are the kind of people that care. Who the new head coach is. And and yeah, day one, all of a sudden you're having a meet and greet with the new head coach after you just finish introducing him. Like, kudos to the organization. Kudos to Corey Mace for not being, oh, no, I can't do it. It's just like, I just, to to steal a Gen Z line, the vibes are high with the team right now. Mm -hmm. And I hope, uh, as much as, you know, more people listen to us when they're shitty, (laughs) and that leads to more free alcohol for us. But, I do hope, because... Like I, You can only been... ride
3: that train for so long before people give up. So,
2: Well, that's exactly. We don't want to get to apathy. You still listen when you're angry. You don't listen when you're apathetic. Because uh, God knows uh, there are better options out there that are mm-hmm. even on Sastel
3: TV now. So yeah. shout out to Piffles, guys. Um, an organization that I guess is still riding a little bit of a high overall, but perhaps took a bit of a hit a couple of weeks ago is, of course, uh, I think still safe to say the flagship of the league, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers.
1: <laughs>
3: As um, they All lost, right, we're, going, here now. we're yep. going there now. We're going uh, here now. They yep. lost the 110th Grey Cup to the Montreal Alouettes, <sighs> and there was um there was a lot of talk that week, and there was a lot of you know uppity uppiness a lot of um, cockiness and um you know a lot of confidence. arrogance. Yeah, yeah you want to say arrogance? I'll, I'll say confidence from certain oh. people from Winnipeg.
2: I, 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 I will say I will say arrogance from the Winnipeg media. And and those include like guys that I like a yeah. lot.
3: Like there was like, like there was a lot of talk that Montreal stood no chance in this game, and you and I. And this is the you know, the the idea of how strong this Montreal Elohette team ended up being <laughs> and how weird this whole situation was was the fact that we set this up entirely, not on purpose. Like I firmly believed everything I said ahead of the Grey Cup, that the Montreal Alouettes could win this game. And I doubled down and picked them on three down, Nation. That the cursing, especially the Fraser curse of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, did not stop the Montreal Alouettes from winning that football game. A football game that I believe, if not for a few breaks in the first quarter, both fishing-wise and a few other things, I think Montreal could have won that by 14 to 17 points rather than four if a few other things go the other way.
2: I knew Montreal was going to win the second that Winnipeg media came out and said, "Oh, this is the Grey Cup." Like, talking about the West Final. Talking about the West Final. You you can't you can't do that. Like I, 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 and and in a in a game that is so close and is so based on motivation and performance and everyone
3: performing, like I don't. And this believe... is this is before we knew that Cody Fajardo swore.
2: Yeah. That, that, <laughs> was like okay now we're damned we're doomed we are absolutely doomed <laughs> cody swore spicy cody came out and like but nobody like it's it's a running joke especially like i i i remember like i think it was B- bill simmons always used to write about it when he wrote about sports was like the nobody believes in us vibe like mm-hmm. everybody tries to get that nobody believes in us but like nobody had a better nobody believes in us than the montreal alouettes oh, and that's it's, huge it's, it's motivation
3: tripe that i hate with a passion the Montreal Alouettes had a legitimate claim to it. What, oh God, I'm blanking
2: on his name right now, Gas. He uh, had the rant in French, What was 10 out of 10. Oh, de quoi. Thank you. Yep. Um, But, like, that to me, the passion he had in that speech, and people mm-hmm. that are like, Anybody ripping him for that? Like, sit on a carrot and wiggle here. Come on. Um, the man was fired up. He was just... Dis- You're right. This Alistair team was not only really disrespected by the by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, by the, by the Winnipeg media, by the league themselves, when they sent out on social media, who's going to win, Winnipeg or Toronto, and that didn't put up a single piece of French signage, I put money on the Alouettes. I thought that was the only thing that could possibly stop them from winning, was me taking $10... And putting it on the Montreal Alouettes. And that still didn't do it. I lost my $10. But I won. No, what did I win? You won won. won something, obviously. I forget what I won. I'm just so used to losing. But here's the other thing, too, that irritates me as a Winnipeg fan. Here's a fun fact for you, Joel Gasson, that I realized when I was shit-faced drunk sitting at this very desk, arguing with strangers on the internet, making up spreadsheets, literally shit-faced drunk at this desk after my friends had left for the Grey Cup. Zach Calaris has not thrown a touchdown pass in a playoff game since 2022. Yeah, Didn't throw one to the Grey Cup against Toronto. <laughs> didn't throw one to the West Final this year. Didn't throw one to the Grey Cup again. I made a snarky-ass tweet this week that the uh, listeners of this podcast probably went, yeah, I get it. When I said that Buck Pierce knows how to game plan around his team's weaknesses, his team's weakness is <laughs> Zach Calaris in the playoffs. Now, meanwhile, and we saw it a bit here in Saskatchewan. We did. Yeah, you, Getting to know him a bit. Cody Fajardo's a fucking gamer. Yep. The lights come on, Cody Fajardo throws for an extra, I mean, minus one game in Saskatchewan.
3: Yeah.
2: In one bad game in the playoffs. Outside of that, Cody shows up, and Cody showed up to that game, and even Cody's biggest flaw sometimes can be his arm strength. Mm-hmm. On a shockingly windy night in Hamilton, he didn't have to worry about that.
3: No. His his one interception was basically just a punt.
2: Yes, exactly. He went deep in whatever it was. But Cody looked confident. Cody looked like a man that was going to win the game. And just like BC tried to do the West Final, but VA was falling apart, yep. it, 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 they basically said, okay, Brady, you're not going to win. Brady Oliveira, you were going to shut you down, and we are going to win this game. And that's exactly what happened. And you can't tell me that a guy that has been voted the MOP twice, a Grey Cup MOP once, very undeservingly so, our boy Serge should have got it, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, imagine, imagine, imagine for a second, Joel Gasson, the New England Patriots heading into the Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers and, and Bill Belichick going, hey, you know what we need to do? Keep the ball at Tom Brady's hands. No! When your quarterback's actually good, you don't do that! Meanwhile, I still tweet that out. it's great. it's the MOP. I'm so pissed off at Zach Claris right now. Like, I, I like spicy take, and they will never, they will never have the stones to do it because we're about to enter another dark era of Winnipeg Blue Bomber football because nobody's got the balls or, or, or the guts or whatever to do it. They need to cut Zach, trade him to the, the, the quarterback deathbed that is Ottawa, and let Drew Brown start a game and start the second glory era of Winnipeg Blue Bombers football. All right? We don't have rosters. No, everybody's a free agent right now. Everybody and their dog is a free agent right now. And start, like, getting the salt circle out so I don't curse them. But I boldly predict the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will ha- finish ahead of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers next year. Signed, sealed, delivered, cursed. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryder fans. It's how it works.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.